0: Hi, I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Casey Cantrell. And welcome to Animation and Beyond.
1: And on this episode, we are going back to the past and doing another episode where we talk about a year in animation. And this time, we are talking about the year 2001. Yeah, that's right. Which had a lot of movies that came out that people are familiar with.
0: Such as Shrek and Monsters, Inc.
1: And also some that we've talked about before. I think Atlantis came out
0: 2001. Yes, that one as well, right.
1: Yeah. But we're not going to be talking about those because we've talked about them before on previous episodes. Instead, we're going to focus on movies we haven't talked about before.
0: Recess, which was based on the hit Disney show, Osmosis Jones... And Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. Also, talk a little bit about animated films Trumpet of the Swan and the hybrid movie Monkey Bone. Yeah, two kind of
1: more obscure films that came out that year. But before we do, let's answer last week's trivia question, which was what animated Disney film from 2004 had a reference to Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron?
0: That was Home on the Range book says actually Stelling of the Sim moron.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I suppose we've referenced it before, but there wasn't much love lost between DreamWorks and Disney, especially back then. So there's a lot of jokes that both studios made at the other studio's expense. And that's another example of that.
0: Yeah, I get it.
1: And now let's do our segment word of the day it's not for word of the day new words you can say new words for your rhymes and for your wordplay by the time you leave this video
0: you'll be smarter than you was before it's not for word of the day
1: so ezra what is today's word of the day
0: pilot episode or television pilot Like, the first episode of a series when the show begins or debuts.
1: Right. It's typically the episode that is filmed to try to convince studio execs to greenlight a show. It's like submitting the first chapter of a novel to a publisher. If they like it, they'll say, great, finish the book for us. It's kind of like that. And the nature of pilot episodes have changed recently, back in the day you would never see a pilot episode. It was never meant for mass consumption because it was Mm. basically a very straightforward, here are the characters, the basic premise. So there's a lot of cases where you just would never see the pilot episode. But nowadays, that's usually, in fact, the first episode that's ever released for shows. And and why are we specifically talking about pilot episodes?
0: Because Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius, which is one of the movies we're talking about, That was the pilot for the TV show.
1: Right. It, It basically operated as a pilot episode for the TV show. And we'll get more into all of that right now on our feature presentation. So the first film we're going to be talking about is Recess, School's Out, which, as you said, was based off of the hit TV series of the same name.
0: Yes, and it was Disney Channel it was on. It was on from uh, 1997 and ended in 2001.
1: Let's start with the show before we get into the movie, but what's the basic premise of the show?
0: It takes place in a school, and there are um, six elementary school students who are, who are named T.J, Vince, Ashley, Gretchen, Michael and Gustav and Gus. I know TJ is the protagonist and there are four of them are boys. The two of them are girls. Yeah.
1: And they're all very different from each other. It's like the classic kind of ensemble cast where each one has a very distinct personality. There's uh, one that's really hyper intelligent. There's one that's really timid. There's one. Uh, he's a singer. He's like an opera singer. There's one that's like. Tough and gung ho,
0: and one of the villains in that show was is named Randall Weems, who's sneaky and scheming, who might have been the inspiration for Randall Boggs from Monsters Incorporated.
1: Oh, interesting! Like classic ensemble shows. This one, there, you know, TJ is always scheming things to do during recess or things to do during school, and the group has to work together to make things happen. That's the show. What about the movie?
0: It was released in February of 2001. School's out and they're on vacation. And they team up as heroes to save the world.
1: Right, there's like a secret plot where some people steal like a top secret project from the US military. And they decide to use the school as their secret Base for whatever reason, and basically, it's it. TJ and the gang stumble across this this plot, and and they have to work together to basically stop the bad guys.
0: That film I know received a cult following.
1: We we learn in the film later that the bad guy's plan is to jumpstart a new ice age that hmm. will <laughs> uh, end summer forever and force kids to stay indoors so that they would have to study <laughs> so it's like a very goofy kind of plot it's very silly uh very over the top and it kind of fits the same fun silly tone of the show and how did people respond when it came out
0: initially it was mostly mixed but it did receive a cult following from bands
1: interesting do you know why it got that cult following
0: because of how unique it was with the characters and things and how it was based on a hit show
1: yeah definitely i think this was a case where a lot of kids who watch the show would be inclined to watch the movie and again like i said it's a very silly movie and i think that those kind of movies tend to play well as cult hits yeah you see speaking of cult cult films um The next film that we're going to be talking about kind of has its own cult following, and that's Osmosis Jones.
0: Yes, I know, and it was also, which was released in 2001, did get a follow-up show for the former Kids Block Kids WB, which was on from 2002 until 2004.
1: This was actually also a hybrid film, which can you tell us a little bit more about what happens in the movie?
0: There's a guy who ends up in an animated world and it starred Bill Murray as well as Chris Rock. Uh
1: Bill Murray plays this kind of slovenly, sickly kind of dude and Osmosis Jones is inside his body which is represented with animation and that's where we meet Osmosis Jones who is a white blood cell and he basically plays like a cop. That's what white blood cells are. They're they're cops trying to stop the quote unquote criminals who are like bacteria or invasive bodies or whatever.
0: And the villain is Thrax, who is a virus, who's an evil murderer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so it's basically uh, this plot of Osmosis Jones trying to stop this virus from killing uh, Bill Murray's character. And it's very over the top. Obviously, lots of body humor, but I think it's generally more serious than uh, Recess was. And how, what was the response to this movie? Mainly
0: mixed.
1: This um, movie, out of all three of these films, was probably the least successful. It was a huge box office bomb. It made only fourteen million dollars against a budget of seventy that's seven zero seventy million, so it it lost a lot of money,
0: but it sold better on home media and it was followed by a TV show,
1: which makes sense. I think that this kind of premise would work well for a TV show,
0: yeah, also, I remember the Trumpet of the Swan, which was an animated film by Tristar Pictures and was based on the classic novel by Roald Do- by not by Roald Dahl, by E.B. White, who did novels like Charlotte's Web and Stuart Little. I know that it was a musical, and it because it came out during the same time as the DreamWorks animated film Shrek, which was critically and commercially successful, that film flopped financially, and also received an, mostly an unfavorable reaction from critics.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of those cases where... Is just coming up against a much better film, so it kind of got lost in the limelight.
0: I know. Yes, there would not there would not be another E.B. Um, White adaptation until Charlotte's Web five years later.
1: But a film that was successful, the Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius
0: from Nickelodeon movies, yes, which came out around Christmas of two thousand one, came out over a month after Monsters Inc, as well as the first Harry Potter movie
1: and since we've been talking box office this film only cost 30 million dollars to make but it made a box office return of 103 million so by far it was the most successful movie that we're talking about for this episode
0: i know yes and jimmy neutron who's a boy genius he he does inventions he has a, he has friends in school and he has a robot dog named goddard and his, his two best friends was was an overweight boy named Carl and a cool um, superhero-loving boy named Sheen.
1: So this movie really lays the groundwork for all of these characters and their kind of typical character conflicts, I think.
0: And Sir Patrick Stewart voiced the villain, the evil, tyrannical King Goobot, the leader of those aliens. And I thought his younger brother, his sidekick, Ooblar, was a really funny comic relief character. hmm Like, when we first see him, like, when he sees the toaster that went into space earlier that his parents were that jimmy's parents were looking for he said hello where galaxy are you from where is your leader and then king goobot tells Ublar to stop it it's just it's just a piece of toast Mm -hmm. and he says oh hello toast i greatly admire your ship
1: (laughs) right so this was one of your favorite movies from that year
0: Yes, but I watched it a lot when I was younger, and also the follow-up TV show that was on from 2002 until 2006.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually am more familiar with the show. I didn't realize it was first a movie. So, I mean, what do you remember about the show, about this movie? Like, what are like, some... Like, it had
0: Jimmy Neutron, and he had cool inventions, he had a big brain, and he came up with ideas.
1: Yeah, in a lot of ways, it kind of reminded me of Dexter's Lab, which is the kind of si- a similar concept of a boy genius Dexter is kind of more grumpy, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I get it, Jim- yeah. Jimmy
1: Neutron's a little more... Uh, I mean, he's certainly arrogant, but he's he's generally nicer.
0: He's also voiced by a woman, Debbie Derryberry. One of the, like, male characters voiced by a female.
1: Which is actually very common in animation, especially for kid characters, just because women tend to have higher voices, so it's, uh, to be blunt... Uh, adults are generally better actors than children, so it's easier to just hire a woman to voice a child, a male child. A boy, yeah. Than it is to... Like a
0: girl voicing boy, basically, yeah. Yeah, than
1: it is to hire like an actual ch- uh, child to do the voice.
0: I see what you mean, yeah. I know that Carl was voiced by Rob, pa- recurring voice Rob Paulson.
1: Who is, what's funny about that is that Rob Paulson does the voice for Carl, but he also does the voices for Carl's parents. So there, there are scenes that, in in a sense, it's just Rob Paulson talking to himself.
0: And Sheen, Jimmy's other best friend, was voiced by Jeffrey Garcia, who, would also, who also voiced Pip the Mouse, Otis's best friend, from another Nickelodeon film and show, Barnyard and Back at the Barnyard.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, what... What did you like about this movie and the show?
0: I thought it was cool that it was science, comic science fiction, like a science fiction with comedy elements. Mm-hmm. And I thought that Ublar King Goobot's younger brother and, hen- and a henchman was a funny comic relief character who was kind of stupid and not very bright. I remember also those other characters like Cindy and Libby, those two girl characters who are two of, of Jimmy Neutron's other friends from that film, as well as the show. That I like that Cindy has the same voice as Sandy Cheeks from SpongeBob. Mm. I don't remember too much from the show
1: itself, but I do remember very distinctly What's the going? Taco Shack song. I have the best theme song. I think I'll sing it now. Taco Shack, Taco Shack. You'll eat cheese until you
0: yak. Free there are always black. They give a big pinata away. Yeah, taco, taco, taco shack. I also remember those evil villains led by King Goobot who wants to get his revenge. And then last one, Monkey Bone. It was directed by Henry Selick, director of The Nightmare Before Christmas and James and the Giant Peach, as well as Coraline.
1: And it was a hybrid film, kind of in the vein of Who Framed Roger Rabbit.
0: I know, that's right, yeah. And it had stop motion animated with live action.
1: Yeah. But somehow, somehow, uh, I mean, Who Framed Roger Rabbit isn't necessarily—it's—it's it's a bit more mature. But Monkey Bone was very much more mature, and more on that in a second for a trivia question. But I guess to close this episode, Ezra, these three movies: Recess, Schools Out, Osmosis Jones, Jimmy Neutron. What about these films stand out to you? Like, what are what are some interesting? takeaways that you have
0: like for instance the one out of the one I remember the most would be Jimmy Neutron because I remember it being funny and watching that movie a lot in its follow-up show when I was a lot younger and I know it's interesting that that to me which we've talked about before Monsters Inc and Shrek were easily the most successful films that were animated of that year I think
1: for me those three films what they represent is a kind of inclination towards the absurd school's out is an extremely (laughs) absurd plot uh jimmy neutron is also absurd it involves aliens and a boy genius who can invent things in a nanosecond and then of course uh osmosis jones it's just a very fun interpretation of the immune system of a body's immune system
0: i know i know and then also trumpet of the swan was an interesting one a lot of people forgot about But that year, 2001, that year I was only five.
1: (laughs) Well, indeed, clearly, while the other two films might not have made as much of an impression, it's a point, I think, in Jimmy Neutron's favor that even as a five-year-old, it it stuck with you.
0: Yeah, but more of like Monsters, Inc. and Shrek. And also Atlantis, which came out that year as well, which, which I eventually didn't see then, but I eventually did see as I got older.
1: Okay. So those were just a few films that came out in the year 2001, we hope. We hope that it was a nice trip down memory lane for some of you if you saw these films. Otherwise, hey, check it out. There there is some good stuff from that year. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your time. If you like what we do, consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash animation and beyond. In the meantime, we have a terrific question for Ezra.
0: In 2001, Cartoon Network created a new, more mature late-night programming block, partly in response to parents who criticized the network for airing ads of Monkey Bone during regular programming. What is the name of that programming block?
1: Okay, so if you know the answer, give us a shout on Facebook or send us an email at animationandbeyond
0: at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation and Beyond. Bye! See you later.